0: You're listening to the Dear Baseball Gods podcast. I'm Dan Blewett, and on this show, you'll learn advanced concepts in baseball explained simply. I'm here to guide you on your baseball journey and help you paddle through what's now an ocean of misinformation, guruism, and overly technical diamond babble. Hey, welcome back. This is Dear Baseball Gods. I'm Dan Blewett, and this is episode 93. So in today's episode, we're going to cover three topics. First, how does developmental versus biological age play into your development as a player? Uh, In our 90-second mindset, we'll talk about wearing your baseball cap and how that is important or not important. And lastly, we'll talk about body types and do you have to be really fit to play baseball well? So first, let's uh, be philosophers here a little bit about... What does it actually mean to be skilled at baseball or any sport in general so a really good example here is women's basketball versus men's basketball so we all know that women have the ability to be as skilled at anything as men but we know there's a difference biologically and that they're less able to develop the same level of strength so when we start comparing the nba to the wnba we know that the female players in the WNBA are as technically proficient at basketball as any of the men. They can shoot, they can pass, they can you know do all the basketball things. I'm certainly not a basketball expert, um, but their skills, as far as basketball skills go, are absolutely as good or, or can be as good or better than any comparable man. But given the physicality of the game and how many men are towering over them height-wise, Are more physical. Basketball is pretty rough at times, as is like even non-contact sports like soccer. Uh, Obviously, lacrosse is like a medium-contact sport. Even though these sports aren't like football, uh, they're still pretty contact-intensive. Like soccer, you're bumping into, leaning into people, like really fighting for the ball. Same thing with basketball. If you've watched the last dance documentary about the, the Chicago Bulls, it's clearly a very physical game, and you can't get to the basket without being physical with other players so when you started taking some of those other things into account you can see why the difference um in getting the ball into the net would be vastly different if we had females playing in the men's game in basketball they just wouldn't have the physicality and the height and some of these other things to compete at that same level um now in youth sports we see the same thing in the development of different players so we can have a 13 year old who's six foot and 175 pounds and throws the ball 75 miles per hour which is obviously excellent for that age and we can also have a 13 year old who's 5'2 and 110 pounds um, and he throws the ball 60 miles per hour or 55 miles per hour right they're both 13 one of them has a biological age that's probably representative of a 13 year old like most 13 year olds are probably between 5 2 and 5 8 maybe 5 6 maybe 5 5 is like an average 13 year old i should probably know better about this i'd have to see one to size them up i'm a little out of touch being a year from my my academy but basically we know that there's your biological age like i'm 13 i'm 27 i'm 54 And then your developmental age as a youth is how physical are you for that age? And obviously, we all know, I don't have to harp on this too much, that everyone just grows up at a different pace. And so the question is, and this is the tough question, what does it mean to be good at baseball or good at basketball? Um, If you compare LeBron James, who has the same skills as a WNBA player like they have the same technical basketball skills they can shoot a ball just as well they can dribble they can they have the same agility they have the same you know guarding ability they've all the same skills is it relevant that LeBron James is so much more physical than the WNBA player that he gets the ball in the net much more. Um, and obviously, the answer is yes, when you're trying to win basketball games or the answer is yes on the baseball field when you're trying to win baseball games. So even though you could have a 13 year old and this is my bigger point, you could have a 13 year old who's five 120 pounds, then you have a 16 year old or 13 year old who's six foot 170 pounds the six foot 170 pound kid is developmentally like a 15 year old or even a 16 year old. He's two or three years advanced for his biological age. So his developmental age is probably 16. Like a lot of 16 year old kids are six foot 165 pounds. Like they're still kind of skinny, but they're getting their height to them and they can just do a lot more stuff, right? You could look at a 13 year old and be like, oh, is he 16? Like why is he on that team, right? We get that. So when you're comparing skill of a baseball player you can have a 13 year old who's tiny who's got excellent baseball skills a great swing a great glove his pitching mechanics are excellent but the ball just doesn't leave his bat very hard and the ball doesn't leave his arm very fast he just doesn't throw as hard even though his mechanics are technically superior perhaps to an older kid who maybe doesn't have great mechanics or uh to a, a the same age player who's got a greater developmental age, you know, a 13 year old who's six foot who can just chuck the ball 15 miles per hour harder because he's essentially a 16 year old and his mechanics maybe aren't even that good. So as parents, unfortunately it, it doesn't as much matter that you have the, the superior skills if you don't get the output on the field, which is hitting the ball hard, getting hits, extra base hits, getting people out on the mound, You don't really get any points for saying, well, my son has great pitching mechanics and he's technically very proficient at baseball, but he can't get anyone out. That really, unfortunately, doesn't matter much unless you have coaches who say, yeah, you're right. And we just need to wait and keep teasing him the game the right way until he hits his growth spurt. Now, good coaches at the youth level will do that. And we've done that in the past where we've stuck to kids who can play the game well but maybe you just don't have the physical abilities to keep up with the speed of the game. So at every level, whether it's 10U, 12U, 14U, 16U, 18U, whatever, there's a corresponding speed of the game. Obviously, when you go to the 90-foot diamond, the full-size diamond, you have to be able to hit the ball at a certain exit velocity. Like you have to be able to hit the ball hard enough to hit it out of the infield. You know, there's a lot of players who are really undersized when they make that leap at 14U, sometimes 13U, depending on the part of the country. And they just suddenly can't hit the ball forcefully enough to really get hits anymore. Like they just can't hit it hard enough to really have it reliably get past a shortstop on the ground. That's a very real thing. And so their swing is good. Their plate discipline is good. Like they're good at baseball, but they're not because they can't get hits. And that's what's really tough on players mentally, on parents mentally, and unfortunately, when the college recruiting stuff starts and when high school baseball starts, you have to be physical enough to do the job. So, you know, if we're talking about picking your varsity team and players are going to be cut. Um, it doesn't help that your swing is great, but you just can't hit the ball very hard. It doesn't help that your mechanics are great, but you just can't throw very hard. Um, unfortunately at that point, all like the bill comes due that you just have to be able to throw the ball hard. You just have to be able to hit the ball hard. You just have to be able to steal a base or run fast enough, um, or whatever. And so, and this is also ties into a little bit what we'll cover at the, the Q and a portion is you have to have the body to do it too. So a lot of times kids are too out of shape or, or too big or whatever, and they can't keep up with the pace of the game. So like they're always Going to be out on a double playground ball, like they can't ever beat one out. Like they can't ever lay out a double because they're too slow, stuff like that. So, this is just a, an, an important thing to to talk about because when we're talking about coaching skills, the best thing you can do because you can't control your developmental speed, your developmental age. You know, some kids are just sixteen year olds when they're fourteen, and great for them. They got the genetic, you know, they won the genetic lottery, and you can't control that otherwise. But what you can control is their development and their skill and helping them have the best swing they possibly can. So, when the, when they hit that growth spurt, now those skills endure and they just, all right, now I just have the same great swing or the same great pitching mechanics, but I have a lot of, of strength now and size to go with it and now I can crush the ball. And so, you see those kids catch up. And so, what, what basically you see – if you can make it to the next checkpoint, because this is an important thing, if you're still tiny, if you're still a high school senior and you're five, six, 130 pounds, you might just not get a chance to play college baseball in your career and your career ends there because you don't have the output on the field. So you have to make it to the next checkpoint. So, all right, I got it. I had it just enough to get a chance at college baseball. Now I got four more years to develop again and maybe I can turn pro or whatever. Or I just got my foot in the door. On my freshman team or my my JV team, and now I've got another year at least to develop and then maybe make that varsity team. So as a parent, your goal is to keep them developing as best you can and understand that there will be a convergence. And that convergence is usually it starts in varsity sports because kids start to become more comparably sized, but it especially it basically finishes in college sports where when you're a junior in college, you're pretty filled out and you still become, I guess, more of a, a man when you get into your like 23, 24, 25. And I think at 25, you really start to level out physically because there's definitely a difference between pro ball players who've got three or four years and, and just physically and uh, brand new rookies who are 21 per se. Um, but until we get to that convergence point, which is in college, because in college, like if you look at the College World Series, You're not getting guys that throw 98 because they're just like bigger than everyone else. Everyone's like a grown person at that point. Everyone's doing their weightlifting. Everyone's got closed growth, growth, uh, growth plates. Yeah, there's guys who are 6'6", and other guys are 6'1", but it's not like anyone's trying to all right, I'm going to be 6'4 one day, but I'm today I'm only six foot. Like they're done growing and that's where the convergence point comes and that's where the skills come due. So when you're in college and you're say a sophomore, junior, and you're pretty much done filling out, now we'll figure out, okay, you were awesome when you were 14 because you were bigger than everyone else, but now you're in college and you're not really that good. Your curveball kind of sucks. Yeah, you threw harder than everyone else at all the lower levels, but now as the lower developmental guys caught up, Their superior pitching mechanics are now rearing their heads. Their superior hitting uh, mechanics and 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 their play discipline is now rearing its head. And now we really get to figure out who was the better ball player, you know, and that's where you finally, again, like you get your payoff if you did the right things and finally got your growth spurt. And if you were just advanced for your age and weren't really that technically skilled, then you get exposed at that level too. So, I don't know that I have a huge moral for the story, but it's something to consider as a parent and as a player and as a coach where you fit in in your developmental age versus your biological age and what implications that might have in the way you train and how you bide your time and then when you're finally going to get your payoff. All right, in our 90 second mindset portion of the show, let's just talk real quick about how to wear your cap. So obviously the game is changing. There's more flair. There's more, you know, let the kids play was kind of the thing last year in in Major League Baseball. And there's something to be said for being yourself, for being an individual, for having some style, all that stuff. Ball players do always bring, athletes in general, just sort of bring their own style into the clubhouse. It's one of the cool melting pot kind of features I always got like fashion tips, just like watching guys walk in and like, oh, he's got cool shoes. Like what brand is that? Like, oh, he's got a cool backpack. He's got a cool hoodie. Like what brand, like you start to learn stuff like that. And that's one of the fun things about the game. You just get to learn a very like melting pot of uh, players. Like there's guys from California, from Texas, like everyone brings their own style. And since athletes are usually sort of like alphas, they all have their own sort of like swagger and everyone sort of like steals from each other a little bit. It's kind of fun. But anyway, how you wear your cap is still an indicator to some or some old school folks about your character, which is disappointing, but in general, it's just good to play it safe when you're at the ballpark. So I wear my cap backwards sometimes, uh, not as much anymore, but I tended to prefer having my bill behind. If I'm just like walking around everyday life, it's just like, I can kind of see a little better. I'm not, you know, you can see your cap, your bill. Um, but when you're at the ballpark, especially if you're in high school and you're on the recruiting trail, there is still just this weird negative connotation about having your cat backwards that you're a little bit rebellious or you don't really care about team rules or you don't care about looking professional. Um, and there's some some validity to that and some and, and not. But at the same time, your goal is always just to try to look professional and try to give people reasons to... Not make assumptions about your characters, they can shine. So, really, just your character and the way you play on the field shines through. And that's true, unfortunately, for every walk of life. And the cap can just kind of be a microcosm of it. So, obviously, if you were to show up for a job interview wearing parachute pants and, you know, like some crazy shirt and, like, I don't know, had your hair dyed, you probably not get the job. And I think everyone kind of intuitively knows that, even if you're super qualified. Um, there's just like a conservatism in the workplace and all this stuff. And, and the idea of being a professional is important. So the, the, the backwards cap, I guess my recommendations would be this. If you're on the recruiting trail and you're really hoping to play college baseball, just try and do the little things that probably don't matter. Like, does it matter if you wear your cap backwards? Does it really mean that much to you? If it doesn't, then I'd say just keep it forward. Um, if you feel like, Hey, Uh, this is my style. I want to be who I am. I want any coach who signs me to know that I'm an individual and this is like, I have my own way about things. Okay. So be it. You can make that choice too. Um, You just never know if you had 10 coaches watching you and you have your backwards cap as you walk onto the field and they Mm -hmm. see you. Um, There's going to be, there is going to be some percentage that makes an assumption that they don't, "Eh, I don't like that kid. Eh, He seems like, he just wants to be an individual. He wants to stick out. He, he won't let his play stick, stick him out for him. That was a clunky way of saying that. Um, obviously, on the field – you should never have your cap backwards. Like that's part of your uniform is to have your cap forward. Really what I'm talking about is off the field like you're coming up to the, you know, you're in you're in practice or you're in pregame off the field like at a tournament or you're just in the bleachers waiting stuff like that. Again, those are not you can be yourself when you're not on the field, but people still watch and will still make assumptions. So it's just something to be careful about and just remember that there still unfortunately is some little stigma of rebellion in wearing your cap backwards. All right, now it's time for our listener Q&A portion of the show. If you have a question you'd like answered on the show, please email a voice recording to hello at Dan Lastly, in the Q&A portion today, I just had a question from a friend um, from the UK, and she was asking, why are why are all these ballplayers not very fit? It seems like some of them almost have like a little bit of a gut. Um, Why do they not have, like, the fitness that soccer players or, like, rugby players have? And I thought this was an interesting question to consider, but really what it boils down to is in baseball, the demands are different than basketball or soccer or rugby, where you're just not running your body into the state of, um, I guess, you know, you, you run off a lot of calories, obviously. And so your body gets shaped by the sport that you play, Right. And so in baseball, you still see the same thing. Outfielders are very fit. Middle infielders have to be very fit because they're constantly on their feet. They're constantly moving. They have to be agile to play the position well. Third baseman's also catchers tend to be bigger bodied, right? Because they're kind of stationary. They need to have, you know, thick, durable legs. First baseman, kind of the same thing. And they're also not paid to run balls down the hole. And they're also not paid to run out triples, right? So baseball is unique in that, if you're a big guy, if you can hit the ball the fence, you're going to make it to second base. Like they're not going to throw you out at second if you hit the ball over the outfielder's head and you're not going to third base. Like we get that, right? So baseball shapes the way you are, but I think it's important for young players to have some idea of what is my best body weight? What is my best body shape? How do I play best? Would I play better if I was fatter or less fat? And obviously no one wants to be fat, but some of us can be really good with a little more body fat. Like you look at first baseman in the big leagues, they're probably not sporting six pack abs, but they're, again, they're paid to hit bombs. So keeping a little more blubber on them sometimes allows them to be more powerful. You see this in all sports. You see this in, you know, the leanest players in football are probably the wide receivers and the running backs. Cause again, they have to move. Whereas the players you don't have to move as much, you have to put out more force are going to have a little more body weight, just like a bear would, right. To, to be intimidating and to, to to hunt certain animals so you know this is always going to ring true in more physical sports and baseball is really more of a power sport especially at the corner positions like first and third base catcher and corner outfield those guys are going to hit for power a little more than the center fielder so typically the center fielder is more small is smaller and and more agile and, and fast and fast twitch so just remember You'll see outliers like David Wells was a fat guy. I mean, um, CC Th- Sabathia, also pretty overweight. But if you took 40 pounds off CC Sabathia, is he a better pitcher? It's not clear that he would be. And a lot of times, athletes just need to know what their ideal set point is, what their best body weight is, and then just stick to it. And it takes some trial and error. And sometimes you figure it out. And again, you'll see in pro ball, a lot of times you see catchers who are just like running poles before a game and pregame and you're like, why are you running? Like you're a catcher. And they're like, man, I just know my body. If I get too heavy, I can't move the way I need to move and I can't throw the way I want to throw and I can't hit the way I want to hit. So, So really good players at the highest level, they know what they need to do to be at their best level of baseball fitness. Well, that's it for today's episode of Dear Baseball Gods. If you enjoy the show and would like to support me while improving your baseball IQ, buy one of my books. or enroll today in an online pitching course. Sign up for any of my courses through the links in the show notes and save 20% with code BASEBALLGODS just for being a listener. My online courses walk you through pitching mechanics, strategy, learning new pitches, and mental skills training. They're start to finish an amazing solution for pitchers, parents, and coaches who want step-by-step instruction. Pitching Isn't Complicated, My First Book, is a thorough pitching manual with strategy, pitch grips, mechanics, mindset, routines, and other high-level pitching concepts. Not sure what your son is in for if he falls in love with the game? Dear Baseball Gods, the book is my memoir, a story of growing up in the game, persevering through injuries and setbacks, and struggling with identity when I finally had to clean out my locker. Buy a copy today via the links in the show notes, available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook if you just can't get enough of my voice be sure to subscribe to my weekly email list where you'll get updates on all my new videos and episodes nearly four thousand people get my emails and you should too sign up through the link in the show notes lastly who do you know who can use some good advice please share this podcast with a friend subscribe on itunes spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe to my youtube channel where you'll find this podcast and hundreds of baseball instructional videos as always, hustle and stay pious. I'm Dan Blewett, and I'll see you next time.